This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Right, it's about 21 minutes after 4 o'clock. Spamgazos binige. Eh, banka nene uche angu utena giwa kwa pamkwa kwenye diama no Jesus utumzani kani le lokani kwenye sevule ngom Jake's table biama ne soul culture. Besi tibo na Jesus tana sam biagmuzo zuka mashuma bini ananya vako tsimbi asine. Pentem sile na sabi ngokola kwenye mfunzo elkemtim kulo umbuzo upagati kwe heresi versus era. Kona na mashuka mshamba kwenye silili selanjenga ndo mshamba ngani zilikang basi ngole ngai dikungwa na mshamba kona nde notisi fumani na mshamba ndi funuva kuiya kwa tumfunis funuva sikuwa sikuwa mgeni inkubeni. Greetings, Tadakas uh, Mary. Greetings to you and uh, greetings to all the listeners. Yeah. As always, it's such a joy to be with you. Much appreciated, Murut. And uh, Sunbangati, some say unfair. So one would think, yes. you know, for, for many people, as terms as thirteen, uh, yeah. And bandu, you know, ute upa kenobu puluana ne friends. Go question is Indians tile queens la shumala ngai nende la bapetulala ngai spalo. But I think yeah. there's some merit in having the conversation in front of And the the king unokba. Primarily, the question is. What is heresy and what is yeah. error? And sure. you know, is there a difference between the two? And how do we identify these two? So, sure. So, thank you, thank you so much, Dr. Hasmin, for this opportunity. Um, what you are asking is an old question. Mm. It's one of those old questions we, um, the, the early church fathers or the early church bishop grappled with. Mm. In fact, it is the question the reformers grappled with. And I must stress the fact that it is the question we are also grappling with now. Mm. And let me also say the generation to come will also grapple with the same question. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I think there is no stopping this one. Let me say that to you. Mm. As, as, in fact, as in fact, you've asked me to, to talk about this, it, it dawned on me mm. that this is something I would like to do with men in our own church. Mm. I, I really do. Yes. And, uh, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and always, you know, remembering that scripture in Ecclesiastes that's saying, no, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And, and it is so we have to believe that really there's nothing new under the sun. And some of the things that we are seeing now have manifested before. Now, let, let me delve into the first minute because of our limited time. Now, I want to, I'm going to do this in two ways. Number one, I want to just, you know, define these things. Mm-hmm. But also, more, more importantly, I think what is going to be helpful for us is to look at examples, because mm-hmm. examples, I think, help us to really uh, bring it home. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we're talking about the, the heresy and, and error. Now, so, so let me say, the word says heresy, um, you know, from the old, um, uh, rather not from the old time, but really from the early century, I want to say, um, really where it comes from, and they really had to define it. So in some ways, it comes from the word heresies. Okay? okay, spelled like hair and a seeds or the word um, heterodoxia. Okay, and so really, what what that word means? It is it is it is anything that undermines the gospel. Okay, so any teaching that is embraced that undermines the gospel. Okay, mm-hmm. but I think a more a more dark definition is from the Merriam-Webster. They define it this way. Uh, heresy is a adherence to a religious opinion contrary to church dogma. I love that. <laughs> a, you know, another definition says, now, a, 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 a deviation from a dominant theory or opinion or practice. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that because those definitions in some ways help us to go back to history, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and all those things. Now, now m- moving on to that, because I'm going to delve into more detail. Now, era itself, when we now we're talking about era, we are talking about a practice that is not, asen- is, is not considered essential to the faith, but is wrong. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this doctrine or practice is not so much essential to the faith, but it's wrong. But what do I mean by essential to the faith? Mm-hmm. It means it will not take you to hell. <laughs> That's what it means. Okay? okay? <laughs> it, it is something not as serious that it will not you know, that as serious as taking you to hell. Where the difference is heresy has got power to take one to hell because it is a serious doctrine which is denied. Mm. Okay? Heresy is, is something that is not so serious. However, however it, it can also in some way be serious when it leads to heresy. Okay? So mm. something can start as an error and be developed into a doctrine or to be developed into heresy. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, let me give examples to this. Now, firstly, consider, consider Galatians chapter 1. So if you read the book of Galatians, what do we know about the book? The issue there is simple, justification by faith alone. Yeah. That's the issue in Galatians, okay? Yeah. Now, now you have two believers there. You have the, the Judaizers. You also have Gentile believers, okay? Now, the Judaizers believers, they believe what we believe, all of us. They believe in the Trinity, Okay? They believe God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They believe in Jesus, humanity, and deity. They believe that Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. They believe in substitutionary atonement. They believe in, 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 in God coming back to, to punish those who have rejected him. Mm-hmm. So they, they believe in all those things. But here's the issue. The issue now becomes when, when the Apostle Paul begins to say there is something of a different gospel that you have. What is that? Now, the different gospel is because now, even though the issue is justification by faith, they begin to advocate for a gospel by works. Mm. That's the issue. Okay. So they are, t- they are telling the Gentile Christians to go and be circumcised. Now, see, Paul is asking the question, if you started in the spirit, why finish in the flesh? Mm. You know, what, what's the problem here? Yeah. You know, why now are you telling these Gentile Christians to go and and be circumcised, and do all sorts of things. And the Apostle Paul says now, you know, what you are bringing here is no gospel at all. Mm. In fact, he says any man who preaches this gospel must be considered an anathema. The word anathema meaning he must be damned. Mm. Okay? And so he speaks strong words, um, to, because the issue here, why is he speaking so strong to the husband? The issue is because he is speaking about auto salutis. The, the order of salvation. That's what mm. he's talking about, the order of salvation. The order of salvation. In other words, if you don't get it this right, it will lead many people to hell. So mm-hmm. soteriology and the doctrine of salvation and order of salvation is at stake here. Mm. Okay. So, 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 so because there are doctrines that lead people to hell when they get them wrong. If we are saying it is not justification by faith, what are we saying? It means some, someone must do something in order to attain salvation. Mm. Yeah. Then what is that? Mm. That is a bad teaching, okay? Now, let me give an example, Dr. Bahasmin, as we go through this. Um, let me give an example of an error now, okay? Now, an error, for, for example, could be something. Now, I speak from a particular school of theology. So, for example, an error might be those who might believe that in order, to, in order for someone 
um, or, or rather the evidence of one being filled by the Spirit, means they need to speak in tongues. Okay? Th- that doctrine does not take anyone to hell. Mm. But it could be considered an error. Okay? That one must speak in tongues as an evidence of being filled by the Spirit. So in other words, if you, are, in other words, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled by the Holy Spirit. Mm. But, that, but, but that goes against Ephesians 1 if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay? The other one, we could consider the doctrine of synergism. Okay? Can I just quickly come in on that? Just a quick question, because I don't want to yes. forget this. So, is it, will it be considered an, an error by a group um, uh, that comes from a different theological school or theological understanding? Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely, because all of us, we speak from particular land okay. into these things. Okay? That's, why, that's why error is different from heresy. Okay. Okay? Because, because heresy, and I'm going to talk about later on, because, because heresy really has already been defined historically, mm. what it is. So, so, so error really can be something you come from a school of Pentecostalism, you come from a school of, of, uh, uh, of, of charismatics, mm-hmm. you, know, you come from a school of Methodism. And so we see this issue differently. Mm. Okay? So it can, it can be like that. For example, even the issue of um, the doctrine of synergism, what we would call sometimes the doctrine of prevenient grace. And obviously, the, the person who was the leader of this doctrine was uh, in, uh, uh, Jacob Arminius, but also adopted by John Wesley and Charles Wesley. But, you know, and the doctrine speaks about that, you know, that, that salvation is, mo- is not monogistic. In other words, it is not God beginning to end. That's what we mean by talking about monogism, mm-hmm. okay? It's all monogistic. It, it, we are saying it, it, it starts with God, ends with God. But synergism is slightly different. Synergism speaks about that there is a cooperation between divine grace and human freedom. Okay. Okay. In other words, you, you do your part as humans, God does his part mm. as humans. Okay? And, uh, and, and I don't want to confuse people here, but if you study this further, it, it sometimes might lead to what we call open, uh, open uh, theism. Okay? Open theism means that um, that you know, God created everything, God made everything, and in some ways when he made everything, he also kind of leaves everything to, to us. Mm. You know, God is not involved in sustaining the world. God is not involved in the affairs of man. That's mm. what we talk about when we open, talk about open theism. Okay? okay. And so, so I'm using these examples like I mean, to say um, these are just some of the examples that may be considered an error, not so much heresy. Okay. okay? They, they don't lead anyone to hell. Mm. You know. But now. Three other, two other things to note here, okay? So we must, all, we must always note the first order of doctrines. In other words, you know, it's something that, um, you know, a, 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 rather a, a, a kind of an errant position that preludes one into becoming a brother or a sister in Christ, that is, that is heresy. In other words, the person, you know, does not enter into the kingdom. That, that, that is heresy. Mm-hmm. The, third, the, the second order which we talk about, is the same thing that I've described as part of, 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 of heresy, not heresy. It means, okay, there are, they, they, these are two genuine Christians who disagree, but they're both through the same, mm. who disagree on a particular issue, okay? In other words, they agree on fundamental issues, mm-hmm. but disagree on minor issues, okay? They disagree on, in communion, should we use juice or wine, mm. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. They, they they disagree on should we baptize only believers or can we baptize covenant children? Okay. Okay. When we talk about pseudo baptism and credo baptism, in other words, 
they, they, they disagree on that. Should we baptize kids or should we baptize only believers? Mm-hmm. That, that, that doctrine says no one to hell. Okay. However, heresy really, it is so serious that it, it violates the cardinal truths of faith. Okay. okay? It, it violates everything. It violates the death of Jesus, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Okay? In, 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 in fact, it enforces works as means of salvation. Mm. In fact, it preaches a different Jesus altogether. Okay. Now, that is complete heresy. Okay? Now, now let's move to the church fathers now, or the early church bishops. Some people have a problem with the early church fathers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. In but the, I'm like, in like, keep down, must be clear. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the early, or sometimes what we call them, the, you know, the, the, the apostolic fathers, or, you know, we call them the early church bishops, because they were bishops, by the way. Sure. But, but, but part of the second century, there were a number of things that came up. And there were a lot of heresies that were beginning to, to come up after the, uh, you know, after the, the, the really the essential truth, they were, were kind of, you know, cascaded down by the apostles, okay? And so there were a number of councils that took place. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about, you know, you know after the Chile Church Fathers, you're talking about the Nicene Council, you talk about the Ephesus one, you know, the Constantine one, and the Synod of Dort, and many, and many others. Okay? There were quite a, a number of them, okay? But there were a number of things that even happened during the time of the early church fathers themselves. Now, they, they, if you remember now, when the creed was put together, we know that some of the early church fathers were involved in that, you know, Titalian, um, Arrhenius, Ambrose, you know, and, and some of the other early church fathers were involved in the writing of that. The purpose of writing the creed, let me say, one of the purposes of writing the creed was to, to kind of guard, to guard, to guard us, okay, from flying all over into bad doctrine. That's the reason for creeds. We must know that. Okay. Why they, they, were, they were written for that. Okay? The reason for that is because there were many doctrines that were coming up mm. that were twisting scripture. And so they begin to write this creed to help us to, um, to not to go w- way off. So the creeds themselves are not inherent. Okay? In other words, they are not authoritative, just like the scripture. In other words, they are subordinate mm-hmm. to the scriptures. Okay, so they were helping us to, 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 to help us not to you know misinterpret the scriptures, not to you know, you know to do all sorts of things. And so they were to guide us. Mm-hmm. Let me give an example of that. How many churches today have a statement of faith? Many. Mm, Panthers okay. mm. Yeah. Why do you have a statement of statement of faith as a church? Why do you have it? The reason you have a statement of faith as a church is because you are saying to those who join your congregation, this is what you believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what you're saying. But the statement of faith is not the scriptures. Mm-mm. But you, but you are saying, as we look at the, as we look at the scriptures, this is what we believe. Sure. Okay. You know. So so if we believe in, we don't believe in 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 uh, in, uh, in pure baptism. We believe in creed baptism, mm-hmm. for example. So the yes. affirm are you easy? Yes, they affirm what we believe as a church. Sure. Okay. If if you consider the the health of the catechism and the you know and and the and the Belgian confession. Now, those ones came out of the Synod of Dort in the Netherlands. Now, the Synod of Dort was really um, trying to address the whole issue of a prevenient grace. In other words, this salvation that has got to do with human freedom. Now, they came out of that. So, so, so say that some of these things were written to affirm specific truth, but also, more importantly, they were written to say, this is what we deny. Mm-hmm. We do deny this. We do not believe in this. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you some examples that are happening now. Okay. Let's move. And there are many of these. I- I'm not going to touch on all of them. I mean, I-, I mean, I would need three weeks to talk about all of these. <laughs> but yeah. I- I- there's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me say a couple of them. From church history, there were a number of heresies that came up. Okay. One of them that really, um, you know, came up in the second century was what we call adopted, uh, adoptinism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Adoptinism came out also from one camp. And it was a belief that, you know, uh, uh, Jesus um, was adopted as God's son. That's why we hear the term adoptionism, okay? okay? In other words, in other words Jesus, Jesus did not pre-exist. He is not preeminent. Mm. okay? That, that's what it means. He is not supreme, yeah. okay? So, and, and, the older, and, and that doctrine came out of John 14, verse 28. When Jesus says, my father is greater than I. Mm. And so they, they use that scripture to say Jesus is then adopted. He is not preeminent. Mm. Okay? He is not from the very beginning. Mm. Okay? And so, and so the council in the second century, you know, the council of Nicaea, you know, rejected this as total heresy. Mm-hmm. Okay? You don't have to even go very far to know why it was rejected. You have to go to Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Bible says, let us make man, yeah. speaking in the plural, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God, mm-hmm. the persons of the Trinity, okay? And so this, this was one of the teachings um, that was rejected by the Synod of Antioch and as well as the Council of Nicaea. Now, let me give you another one as an, as an example, Docetism. I normally talk about this a lot because this one um, is because when, when I've studied the incarnation of Christ, this one comes up quite a lot, sure. if you understand the doctrine of incarnation. Now, the problem with this doctrine, this is what they say. They say Jesus, Jesus, you know, was not divine, okay? Mm-hmm. Or, or rather, or rather, they would twist it. Something they say he was divine, but he was not truly human, mm. okay? So he was divine, but he did not have a human nature. So he was not fully man and fully God. Mm. And we know in the incarnation, Christ is fully man and fully God. Yeah. Why is that important, Rakhas? Mm-hmm. Because only a divine nature can be a divine one can be able to die for us. Why? Because the one who is divine is sinless. Okay. Mm -hmm. But also, he must be human. Because to stand in our place, he can't stay in our place simply as God. He must stay in our place in his humanity. Okay? That's why the book of of Hebrews say he he was able to sympathize with us. Mm. Okay? Because that's in his human nature. That's why the Bible says Jesus cried. You know, when, when he heard that Lazarus had died, what did Jesus do? Mm. He wept. Yes. What did Jesus do on the cross? He said, I thirst. Mm. Okay, that, that is his human nature. But also we see his divine nature. So this doctrine of docetism, you know, he pushes that agenda that indeed he was not truly human. In fact, they, they even say that it is an illusion to say Jesus was fully human. Mm. Okay. And then you have another one I want to give an example. It's what is called an albagenesis. Okay, I really want to teach you this thing. In Alpha Genesis, now what the doctrine teaches was, was teaching that there are reincarnate, there's a reincarnation of two gods. One evil, one good. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. God and God and Satan, you know, mm. brothers, two brothers who are now fighting, you know, um, if you remember the movie oh, of man. Zeus, mm. you know, Zeus and uh, that other character, I forgot his name, mm. uh, the one who plays the devil, mm. you know, of Zeus and that. But what, what it says, you know, that, that's what it, says, it, it was saying, you know, human beings are simply, you know, spiritual beings trapped in a human body, mm. you know, and there are these two beings that are battling each other and fighting. In fact, no one is greater than the other. They are simply equals. 
Okay, that is, that is another one that the Hasmini Jad came up. Okay, now I want to give another example, what was known as donatism, mm-hmm. okay, which, which, also, um, which also came out and was, was disputed. This one, in fact, was disputed by the Church of Carnage. Okay, and, and, uh, and, and this one, this is what it was saying. It was bordering on what we call legalism. In other words, this, this, this effort you do in order to be righteous before God, that's what we yeah. mean by being legalistic. Mm-hmm. It is true. It is, it is your works that make you more acceptable in the eyes of God. Mm. Okay? While, so, 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 so Donatists were believed that you know, if you are a minister of the gospel, you are a bishop or a minister of the gospel, in order for you to do the sacraments, in other words, in order for you to, 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 to baptize your fellow members, in order for you to, um, to administer the sacraments, in other words, the, uh, the, the Holy Communion, you had to be perfect. Mm. You had to be without fault. Okay. Now, 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 <laughs> now, now talk about Jesus there, man. We have fault. Yeah. Okay? And in fact, Augustine challenged this. Augustine challenged this. And, uh, you know, that's why we always get the phrase, but you probably always say the phrase, um, you know, when Augustine talked about this, the ex operato operato, you know, and the whole thing meant that it, you know, it is the work being carried out by God. Okay, mm. so also Augustine, what he was saying by the the, the, the opera operato, he was saying that we must understand that the sacraments are, are also means of grace, but also they come from God. So they must not they must, so, they must not be treated as though they yeah. are a man institution. Yeah. Okay, and so you say, you know, so you know, Augustine spoke about this, but also this was rejected as heresy. Now let's look at the last one, maybe two more, and then uh, I'm not sure how much time I have. Now there's one is called you probably know this one, mm-hmm. what we call gnostics. Yes. Okay. The reason this one is more famous than the others, it is because John addresses this in First John. Yes. And in fact, in fact, Second John and Third John as well. This is the audience of John. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he writes that book, so when we preach from it, we we we, we know the context. And mm. to whom he is talking to, and one of it is these people. Sure. Okay, it was a Jewish sect, you know, or, of some sort. But here's the problem: they 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 valued knowledge more than spirituality. Mm. They valued knowledge more than church teachings and church traditions. Mm. They had a very awkward ecclesiology, a very bad one. Mm. Okay, and so for them, everything was about mysticism. And, 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 and knowledge, you know, they rejected the whole thing of sin. They rejected the repentance. In fact, they felt that those who believe in those things were not enlightened enough. They were illusionists in okay. some ways. Mm. Okay. And the early church fathers denounced this. Why? Because the, in, the, the inherent word, the infallibility of the word, the authority of the word was at stake. Yeah. Okay. Wherever knowledge supersedes the scriptures, Wherever knowledge supersedes spirituality, then you have a problem. What you're having, you are having another sect mm. that is leading into being a cult. Yeah. Okay? Because, because where do you draw the line in that? Yeah. Where is it? There's mm. nowhere to draw the line. Yeah. Because everything is simply an illusion. Mm. Okay? So they didn't even believe in, um, you know, in, 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 in salvation. Mm. Okay? Now the, now, the other one I'm just going to mention, I'm not, I'm not going to delve deep into it. The other one that has been is what we call modernism. Modernism is, is the likes of T.D. Jakes, they believe this and many others. Modernism, in fact, it, it believes that if there are three gods, you know, there can be just one god, you know, even though they don't say one, um, but 
the mistake is they say you have this one God who manifests himself in three ways. Mm, okay? okay, so the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, though being one, they manifest themselves in three ways. In other words, they are not distinct. They are okay. not persons. Mm. That goes against Scripture. That has been considered heresy because the Bible is clear. Mm. Okay, so when the Father saying, "This is my beloved Son," how can he be talking to himself? Doesn't even make sense. So they basically say it is our to Creeping in, creeping. and here's the point of this. And this one, you know, we'll need more time some other time to talk about it. But is this what is called a chaotic doctrine? A chaotic okay. doctrine. Okay, mm-hmm. the chaotic doctrine um, is a teaching that Jesus Himself, you know, that His divinity was taken away in His incarnation. Okay. In other words, when Jesus, you know, was 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 on this earth, mm-hmm. He laid down certain attributes of Himself. Okay. In other words, he was not truly divine when he mm-hmm. made it. And the whole, and the whole point, scripture that is quoted is uh, Philippians two. Okay. Mm-hmm. The issue there is Philippians two. So they believe that he was not, you know, you know, he was, he was not truly divine there. He laid some of his attributes, and that is problematic for us. How does God lay aside his attributes? Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't lay aside his attributes. But this one is a new one. That is, uh, that is, that is, and, and the reason I'm saying this one we did more time is because I'm seeing it creeping in. Okay. More, mm. more, and as people explain the cross, mm. as people explain the cross, they, 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 they actually, they actually, some of have seen that they creep into this kind of doctrine. Yeah. They cannot seek doctrine. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. People explaining the cross, and I'm finding that is it a is it a question of us wanting to overly explain and overly compensate for what for for the how scripture is so simple in these terms and so we feel yeah. that there should be more we feel that there should be some some hidden thing here more than what yeah. we see more than what we're reading that is trapping us now into all these forms of heretic doctrines yeah and, and, and definitely, because I, mean, I think there's always that temptation, even from a theology perspective, mm. you know, and, 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 and the temptation is always to go beyond no, what you yeah. see, developing a revelation mm, from into that, sure. or you develop a doctrine over that. And sometimes what we have, and, and that's why the Hasmani really, well, well, you know, I think what church history teaches us, that's why people, I think every leader must study church history. Mm. The reason we must have books on church history is simple. Because you cannot bring anything new. That's the point. Mm. The point is, there has been many brains in, you know, that have been there. We've had Augustine. Mm. We've had Ambrose. We have had Justin Taylor. We have, you know, we have all of these, all of these martyrs that we've had. You know, we have all of these councils that have looked at these things with, with a, you know, you know, with a fine eye. Mm. And so, why would there be anything new in our century? Mm. And so, what Church history begins to tell us that, in fact, if you are bringing anything new now, there's probably a problem. Mm. There is a problem because mm. there's nothing new. There's been generations from generations where these things have been looked at. Sure. Okay. In particular, heresy. Not so much error. In particular, heresy. And so, we we have to be, you know, we have to be careful. And I think always that, that's why, you know, even if you look at a text as a pastor, you know, as a preacher, you you study the text for yourself. You read the text, you study it, you, you pray upon it, you, 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 you write notes on it. Mm. But one of the other things you must do, 
you must look at what has the others in the past said on the past. Yeah. yeah, you must. Yeah. yeah. You know, otherwise you're going to bring your own new ideas. That's why, you, because we all learn from those who are before us. It would be prideful for us to think that we don't, we are not learning from those who went before us. Mm. The heroes of the faith, the early church fathers, and so forth. And so lastly, to the husband, I know I'm out of time. Lastly, let me say this. Yeah. There are many more I could have gone through. There's many others we call monotheistic, uh, the Nestorianism, you know, there are many others I could have, you know, the semi-Pelagianism, which I would have loved to talk about, the subordination that I could have gone through. You know, all of this I could have gone through. Mm. There are many. But let me just say, in the, in the church history, heresy was so serious. Mm. Let me just say this. Heresy was so serious. In, the, in, in fact, in the 12th and the, in the, in the 13th century, it was so serious that if, if you were a heretic, two things would happen. One, you would be excommunicated. Okay? Number two, you were sent to the, um, to the civil authorities for you to be executed. Let me say that. Sure. It was so serious. Mm. You would die if you were a heretic mm. in this time. These, these guys, you know, they, they didn't play with heresy. Sure. You would die. Because, because at that time they felt it is heaven or hell. Mm. If you are preaching this thing, you are sending people to hell. Therefore, and if you don't want to repent, you know, you don't want to recant what you've heard, then die. You know, <laughs> and so it was so serious. I want to say people, it was so serious. Yeah. You know, that is, that is why even in the Old Testament, when you read what God says about prophets, you, you know, you know, you would say to people, read the chapters, and, and you would not take prophecy very careless, mm. because God would kill prophets. Yeah. He would kill them. You know, you know, and so these things were serious in the time. And I want to say to the husband, the battle is not yet uh, won. I want to say the battle is not over. We are still fighting the same battle now. We are fighting the battle of the deity of Christ now. We are fighting the battle of Emeritus now. Mm. Is scripture sufficient? Yeah. Is Jesus? Is Jesus the only way? I want to say we are still fighting those battles now. So it still continues. Sure, Marut. Thanks for that. I mean, I think we'll continue to ask these questions. We'll continue to bring people like yourselves and the other pastors that we have uh, come to contribute in the program because. As Elibuzo, see Buza, not because the city is in the you know, is is the Bible you know, enough? Is is it yeah. you know? And the reason for that question was not to say in the question, dine, dine doubts, no, in my personal capacity, or that mm. doubts, but it is really to say these are some of the questions that people are asking. And so yes. Not for only Pendulabona, but for the body of Christ. Kumele told, yes. you are very 100% correct when you're saying we must read on church history. We must read mm. on people who've walked the way before us. So, who's yeah. John in Dogba? And this is can't get now. And this is in I'm dead. And I know a lot of pastors have taken pride in in saying, look, I'm learning to play on. So, if I'm going to go to the house, I'm going to go to the And it's even at the end of the day, I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house. Kind of messages. And there's danger in that because this thing cannot be, co- cannot be you know, compared against anything. It no. cannot be weighed no. against anything. It can't be verified. It's is malegal apart. And eventually, and and I think the point you know people would even wrong heretic and and I understand I understand the spirit behind that really mm. if we today can understand that it, as much as we share in the air force prophets and false teachings and heretical teaching schools and cherish videos on on social media but the the other reality which is the most critical one is that these men are sending people to hell. Yeah, yeah. 
that's that's a big point. Sure. That I, mean, I think I, th- I think that's the one that's the one thing you you know you know you know you see when you read the Apostle Paul, you know, crying. You know, mm. in, in the book, you know, in Corinthians, when you're talking about super apostles, I think I think it spends two chapters mm. crying, addressing the these heresies. In fact, when he speaks to Timothy about these two men that that have come in, you know, he he does not some assault his words yeah. for this man. You know, he speaks hard. That these men must be must must be, must be laid aside. Mm. You know, they must be taken aside. These men, you know, and so and so you see the seriousness of this because these things are leading to damnation. Sure. And, so for, and so for some of us, we must correct error. There are things that we, we, we're going to disagree on, but we must be hard and very hard on heresy. Yeah. We must. Yeah. You know, we, we can't sugarcoat it in the, name of, um, in the name of love, in the name of unity. In fact, we must be united by truth. Right. We must never be comforted by lies. Mm. We must never. Mm. You know, what should unite us is truth. And if we are united by lies, we are not of God, we are of the devil. Okay, and so and so we must say this is it, and if we go beyond this, then this and this is heresy. Yeah. Okay, and so and so it go it even goes further to say I can go and preach at a, at a pastor where the issue is error, but where there's a heresy, mm. where this man is standing on heresy and this thing is becoming you know like a cult and so forth, I must be able to say no. That, that man I will not, not stand on this man's pulpit. Mm. It's not my brother. It's clearly not. You know, um, and so we must be able to draw the line in the sand. We must be able to. We must be also be courageous in these things. The husband, you know, you know, and they're not easy. You're gonna get, you know, backlash and so forth. Yeah. But we must be courageous yeah. in speaking up against these things. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Well said. Uh, this was very insightful, very helpful, and it's amazing to yeah. think that you know when you talk of heresy, it's not just one thing, but there's so many of them. And yeah. All of them, I think, in summary, they are an attack to the deity of Christ. They are an attack to. Yeah. To, to, the, to the work of salvation, to the plan of salvation, and the execution yes. of salvation by Jesus Christ, and the sealing of our salvation by the Holy Spirit. And, and I think we make it out here. As long as those things are, you know, are errors, are things that we perhaps, because yeah. of our theological convictions, we don't agree on, but yeah. we are not the fundamentals of what brought us together. We can still yes. walk this journey. Thank you so much, Maruti. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.